1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 through 14. Verse 10 says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except by the spirit of God. But hear, hear this now. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the world, but the spirit who is from God. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. But here's why we came here. These things we also speak not in words which man's, with man's wisdom teaches, but with the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit, for they are foolishness to him nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. See, as we are calling upon uh, the truth of the word of God and beginning to believe that God has the power and the ability, the same power that rested in him, that allowed him to heal sick, raise the dead, open blinded eyes, that that same Jesus still has that same power. But however, your natural mind, the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit. Thus you become skeptical and what is happening and why is that in me? Is it really true? The truth of the matter is this. The natural man does not receive the things of the spirit. See, in your natural mind, you think, well, they're, 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 that's some kind of, I don't know what that is. But the things of the spirit, because the things of the spirit are foolishness to the natural mind. Pastor's praying, but I don't see anything. We believe in God, but nothing's happening. That's because we live in a society of popcorn. If you look back at the history of God through the Old Testament, you'll find that God was not a popcorn God. The people called on God, and they called on God, and they called on God, and they called on God, and then he would show. See, we believe that if it don't happen, just now. Even when we pray, we say, right now, God, right now, God, right now, God. But you can't find a scripture in all of the Bible where someone prayed, right now, God. Because it is all according to the working of the Spirit of God at the will of God. So we share Tuesday night that oftentimes as we pray for healing, I'm not discouraged when we pray because here's the thing. God heals in different ways. We share this extensively on Tuesday, but I won't go through all that, but watch this. We had two men, two examples, blind Bartimaeus, and we have another man who comes and he says, so Bartimaeus says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. God just spoke to him. 
received his sight. We have another man that comes to Jesus. He says, Lord, touch me. Touch me that I might see. But here's what Jesus did. He grabbed him by the hand, walked him all the way out of the city. And then look what he did. He spit on his eyes. Pastor, what you say? You, you said Jesus spit on the man. He spit on his eyes. And here's what happened. Because I want to show you how God does not work always the same way every time. One man bought a mess. He just says, receive your sight and receive it. This man, he spit on his eyes. And he says, now look, what do you see? And the man says, I see men, but they look like trees. Now notice, Jesus had the power to instantly open his eyes. And yet he spits on him. The man opens his eyes. He says, I see, but I'm not seeing clearly yet. And then Jesus touches his eyes. And he sees. Another man, he has a third man. He brings, he, he, Jesus is standing there and he's blind and he, he spits on the ground. He takes the spit the spittle, and he, and he makes mud with it, with the dirt, and he takes that and he puts it on the man's eyes. But here's what he's telling him. He said, now go wash it off. Now why would Jesus put something on his eye and then send a blind man to go wash, wash it off? Because ultimately, God is working in each individual case according to his own will and what he's trying to accomplish in that moment. So watch this. Oftentimes, we become discouraged because we hear how God did something for someone else and we're watching for him to do that same way, the same thing for us. The result in all three cases, they receive their sight. But how God did it wasn't the same. But what he did, what he accomplished was the same. They received their sight. But here's the thing. Would you be able to understand the spiritual matter with, God, with Jesus spitting in your face? Because that don't make no common sense. And I shared on Tuesday night, I said, I'm, I'm a person... Uh, I, I like to stand back when people are talking to me. You know, because when you get to talking real fast and you start spitting. And for me, it's just one little driplet, droplet get hit my lip. That's uh, I'm trying to hold it together. You're trying to, you're still talking. I'm like. 
So watch this now. I know I'm not the only one like that. Somebody spit in your face, you just. And yet, this what seems repulsive, Jesus used to bring healing. That's why you have to understand we are to walk in the spirit. Because as you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh because the natural man does not understand the things of God. If God declares to you, I'm getting ready to do something, you have to not apply the natural, but the supernatural. Because it may not seem to make much sense in the natural. Because the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit. So last week we shared with you that we must keep asking, seeking, knocking. According to Matthew chapter 7, verses 11 through 27, he says, Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open unto you. Everyone that asks receives. Everyone seeks, finds. Everyone knocks, the door is open to them. But the key that we must understand is if we are going to believe that God can, we must believe that by his spirit, there is nothing we can do. So therefore, we must keep asking, seeking, and knocking in faith. See, every, every time that God speaks to my heart regarding somebody's situation, I'm knocking. Every time I believe God moves upon me to pray for someone and lay hands on them, seek it. Every time that I ask God, because since the beginning of the year, I put it when we gave you those things to believe God for, this seven, for, for 2017, it's in my office at home, up on the wall, five miracles I'm believing for. And every time I look, for it, I'm, look at it, I'm asking, asking God, five. Because Jesus says, everyone who asks will, everyone seeks will, everyone keeps knocking, the door will be. So if we're asking, seeking God to manifest his power because he keeps giving me this word, miracle signs and wonders, and not based upon fiasco and, and trying to create uh, entertainment, but for this very reason, the Bible says God used miracles, signs, and wonders, and gifts of the Spirit to confirm his word. To prove that this was truly from him. And I'm believing that God has given it to me, and I'm believing that he wants to manifest himself. I'm believing he wants to show himself, and we must keep asking, seeking, knocking. Write this in your notes, if you would. God executes miracles, signs, and wonders by the Holy Spirit. God executes miracles, signs, and wonders by his Holy Spirit. Going all the way back to, to the beginning of time, going back to the beginning in creation, we see the Holy Spirit's working, hand-working, in creation. Here's how I believe and I interpret it to be. Because John, 1 John, 
uh, uh, John, John's Gospel, the first chapter, he says that all things were made by Jesus and that through Jesus all things were made, okay? So in the, in the, when you go back to Genesis chapter 1, you say, and God said, let there be, and it was. So I believe that what that means is that God said, God said let there be light. Jesus formulated what he, he believed he was saying, and the Holy Spirit put it together, and he said, and it was good. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. I want you to go there. I want you to see this because I pray this helps you that God manifests and works, executes miracles, signs, and wonders by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we must be spiritually minded because we cannot understand the things of the Spirit except by the Spirit. But we have to be mindful that in this day and age, there are many, many spirits. That's why I wanted to make you help uh, set your mind at ease and help you to understand that I do understand that there are spirits operating in falsehood. But I'm working according to the spirit. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, look what it says. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and it was void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And look at that last, last part of the verse. It says, and the Spirit of God was moving or hovering. If you can see the Spirit just hovering, waiting, because remember, it said that the earth was void, without any form, dark. But the Spirit of God is anxiously waiting for instruction. And when God said, the Holy Spirit brought it together based upon the mind of Jesus. Because he knows the mind of the Father. Came up and said, is this what you meant, God? Yes. And God said it was good. Why would he need to say it was good unless it was being presented to him? God said, let there be light. Jesus said, son, Holy Spirit said, this is what it is. And God said, that's it. That's good. The point that I'm making is God accomplished creation through Jesus by the Holy Spirit. That same spirit is the spirit that liveth in us. That same power that same ability God gave to us as a gift to live in us. Let me further help you with this. John chapter 16, verse 13. Turn there real quick. The Gospel of John chapter 16, verse 13. Because what I'm convinced about, convinced of, that is that uh, in many cases, uh, one of the most neglected parts of our, our life as believers is the Holy Spirit. We neglect the, 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 the uh, acknowledgement and the work that the Holy Spirit wants to accomplish in our lives. All day long we walk about 
not listening for any instructions from the Holy Spirit. Much of the time we spend our day without even expecting to hear from the Holy Spirit. We go through adverse times and never anticipate God speaking to us by his spirit. And yet, this is what Jesus said about the spirit. He says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Whatever God tells him to tell you, he will tell you in your heart. And he will tell you things to come. Wait a minute. He says the Holy Spirit will lead, guide us into truth. And you have questions. What about this? And rather than praying and asking God for direction, you call the psychic. I need to know about, is he the right one? Well, if you have the spirit of God living in you, you say, God, show me. Direct my steps. I know I think he's fine, but you know what I don't know. You know what he can't hide from me. You can say, uh, 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 reveal what she's keeping from me. I bless the Lord, I'll share this with you. Because the Bible says the Holy Spirit is our helper, he's our companion. About eight, about nine years ago, maybe it's been longer than that, maybe more like um, 12 years ago, we were at the church picnic. Brother David Lee, would you wave your hand? Brother David was there. They had a, a very important appointment he had to make it to. They had lost their keys. Two things. They, there was only only set they had, so they needed to find the keys just in general, but they needed the keys so they can get, head out. They were heading over to a, a meeting for, for the church. There was a collaboration we were doing with another church, and they were needing to get to that meeting. They were anxious about doing that and wanting to do something. So, so Brother David had lost his keys. You know what I did? I said, Holy Spirit, show us where these keys are. So, Lord, we could search all over this park. He'd been all over the park. He couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't think of where he could have dropped them. He said he'd been all over the park. We were at Psalm Park at 91st Street. As you know, it's, it's, it's several hundred acres up there. So as we're walking, walking and praying, God, show us where these keys are. I kick them. I said, are these it? He said, that's it. Because ultimately, he has been given to us as our helper. He is given to us as our guide. So therefore, you should expect and anticipate him to help you throughout the day. We're walking around.
around depressed and laid out and want to give up because we ain't listening to the Spirit. We don't expect one to say anything. We pray but don't expect for God to respond. He responds by Spirit. Now let me tell you how he responds. Three different ways you know this. Sometimes God will give us, you, you have an inner impression in your heart. That's what, what you call perceive. Paul says, I perceived when they were out uh, as they were getting ready to, before uh, Paul was being taken to Rome to be tried. But right before they got ready to ship off, Paul says, I perceive that this trip won't be good for us and that there will be trouble on the water. He says, but, but, the, but the guard listened to his superiors and they decided to go ahead and ship out. Well, the ship tore apart, and they had to float to, to land just by pieces of the ship. Paul says, I perceive. He said, I can't, I can't tell you definitively, but I, 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 get, I sense that we shouldn't go. So that's an inner impression. God will also speak to us through his, vo through his voice, through an authoritative voice by his spirit. I heard that voice when I was, when I was asking God, God, are you calling me to, to the ministry? And I was like, I know there's some things you want me to do, but I know it ain't preaching, so just tell me whatever it is. I know it's not preaching, so just tell me that. And it came one Monday afternoon. I was, as I was praying, the Lord said to me, he said, it's not whether or not I'm calling you, it's whether or not you accept it. And immediately I began to cry because I knew I'd heard from God. Amen? He often will also give you a witness in your spirit where you will know that it, it, it's just, it, there's, the, there's a certainty you have about what God is saying. He's giving you a word. He said, I've got a certainty about that. Oftentimes, as God is wanting to bring us into that place where we really understand faith, He's, the Holy Spirit is trying to guide you to that point where you, he knows how much doubt is in you, and he's trying to guide you to that place that you'll need. Oftentimes, the Holy Spirit will also do this. He'll give you an inner, inner warning where there's something you, you, you can't quite describe it, but you know, hey, I, 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 I better sit still. I've had this happen where, uh, I've heard this happen in many cases where someone will say, I almost went to that. Come to find out, it went bad over there. And we'll use this a lot of times. We'll say, something told me. Now, wait a minute. Why in the world would people of God be saying something? If you're a born-again believer, believe you have the Spirit of God in you, why would you say something told you? Who do you think told you? If it preserved your life, who told you? It wasn't no something. Something means anything. Okay, watch this. If I walked up and you have a name, and I said, hey, you, you say, what's wrong with Pastor? You know my name. Well, hey, you. Uh, or I say, uh, uh, what my call? My dad say, what my call? He's saying, what you call? What my call? What my call? But you know my name, right? Wouldn't that bother you for somebody to know your name and not call it when they know it? 
So why are you saying something? The Bible says, grieve not the Spirit of God. He's working on your behalf, you're gonna call, and you're going to give the credit to something? The Holy Spirit told me this. But pastor, if you do that, people think you're all spirit, super spiritual. Who cares? We need to be super spiritual. We need to be spiritual in general. You know we spend all our time carnal. Your mind don't, you, you don't hardly ever think about anything spiritual until we come to church. And even then it's tough, isn't it? You come in and try to remember the song, your mind on everything else. It's just flip your hand, stand, stand up. You don't even know they told you to stand because your mind ain't even on the worship. Because you ain't even paying, you done drifted off. So here's the thing. If it's true that we can only understand spiritual things by the Spirit, Paul says, then walk in the Spirit. See, I've heard people say this. Well, we didn't come here to talk church. We ain't talking church, we're talking Jesus. Do you realize if Jesus is your all in all, at any time he could come up? See, that's the problem in many cases. We, we keep our Jesus in the church building, and we keep our flesh outside. So we, we, we just sit there talking. And then somebody just mentioned, you know, I just want to thank God for blessing. We ain't talking about that. We here to play cards. Well, you take the Spirit. You're supposed to have the Holy Spirit in you, and he goes with you wherever you go. Amen. So anytime it can come up, I don't relegate Jesus' conversation to church. You know why? Because God says we are the church and that we are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in us. At any time, you are temple. All the time, you are temple. And you don't let nobody put you on the defense by saying, oh, there she go. There he go. He just started crying, talking about Jesus. Why would that bother you? Why would it bother you that I'm crying and I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me? See, that is not relegated to when we hear and we have a worship leader and have music playing. Anytime I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out. Now watch this. If I'm at Walmart and they'll, they'll usher me out, then my soul gonna cry out inside. But it's still going to cry out because I thought about the goodness of Jesus. See, people saying that you're just too spiritual. No, we ain't spiritual enough. That's why the world is like it is. People don't think about Jesus. They go out and do some things and they don't even think about what, 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 what price they paid. They're not considering what Jesus has done. Just doing it. But yet we're supposed to be mindful of the Spirit. Look at this, chapter 14, verse 17. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. So let me tell you this now. There are people who are confessing Christ, but they ain't got the spirit in them. They just joined the church. They didn't become the church. Because here's what he said. He says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither sees him or knows him. Wait a minute. See, when you're born again, you know the Spirit. Yes. 
You know how you know the Spirit? Because he's the one who born you again. And then you get to know who he is because he born you again. He, he introduces himself through salvation. Not through church joining. Come down the aisle crying. No, no. By being born again. Jesus says you must be born of the water and of the spirit. He says, marvel not that I say to you. You don't get to choose this if you're going to be saved. You must be born again. So look at this next one. John chapter 16, 14 verse 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Wait a minute. If the Holy Spirit is, is, is doing all this teaching, I guess we should be in class then all the time. Now, let me say this, because you start talking about the Holy Spirit leading, and people start to really use that as an excuse. The Holy Spirit told me to stay home today. He did, huh? Where is that in Scripture? Because, remember, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will not speak of his own mind. He will only speak that which I've given. And the mind of God is revealed through the Word of God. The Word of God says, not forsaken and assembly yourselves together, but the Holy Spirit told you to stay home. I, I know I was, I signed up to serve, but the Holy Spirit told me to just sit, sit down, sit, sit still. You better try that spirit. Because here's what Jesus says. We must work while it's day, for night is coming when no man can work. You got to get your work done, and now the Spirit is telling you to sit down. Oh, you got to be careful about Spirits. Look what he says in First John chapter 4, verse 1. He says, Beloved, he said, don't, don't believe every spirit now. You got, some, you got a spirit telling you something that's against the, against the word? It ain't the spirit of God. It ain't the spirit of God. The Holy Spirit told me that, that Anthony Gill was my husband. But he got a wife already. <laughs> He already got a wife. <laughs> but he told you he was, yo, your husband. Try the spirit. Test the mysterious of God. <laughs> See, understand this? See, as we become, the, the message today is spiritual understanding. I want you to expect the Holy Spirit. I want you to desire his, his fullness. I want you to desire to walk in him and to be moved by him, but also to see him manifest his power. But you got to have an understanding. With all that, get and get a understanding. So we start talking about the Holy Spirit, and you start believing God telling you to do something. And it's against the word of God. It ain't the spirit of God. Because Jesus said the spirit will only teach you the things that I've said. And the Bible is God's revealed word to man. See, let me say this to you. And this is, this is, this is in, not intended to indict anyone or to say that, that what's happening is false. But when I pray for you guys, I don't necessarily be looking for you to fall out. You might be believing that it ain't real because ain't nobody falling out. Let me help you with this. There is not one fallout in the scriptures. 
You find one, show it to me. I heard somebody argue one time, he was as one dead. Well, then why didn't they name it slain in the spirit then? Because here's the thing. I can't tell you that the Holy Spirit, the power of God on you will not cause you to fall out. But I can tell you this. If you're just walking around looking to fall out, if you fall out and ain't nothing happening, that's lying. I come up, whoop! And then let the altar, the rest of the service, get you a good nap in. That happened. It, it, it happened. It happened. I, I, I'm telling you, this. it did happen. Not here. It happened. Uh, I was there in the service, and, and so uh, the, the sister fell out. She laying there, and she was just had her hands up. She was just basking in the spirit. So as the message was going on, it got quiet. Everybody settled down. The music's done. Everybody settled down. Her. So I said, touch her, touch her, touch her. Not saying that to make fun of the Holy Spirit, because whatever the Holy Spirit does, when he's moving, thank you. When the Holy Spirit's moving, he moved by the power of God on you. Amen. But what I'm suggesting to you is that don't get caught up in spiritualism. Because he says, try the spirits to make sure they're from God. This happened to me, and, I, and I'm going to confess this to you today. Uh, when we first started, you know, I was, I, was, I was very discouraged because I didn't, you know, did, did, uh, didn't have any support, didn't have anyone uh, other than those who had, who had believed in the ministry. But I was, and so some pastors um, had invited me to, to this service, and they wanted to encourage me, and I, and I needed to be encouraged. So they called me up, Deacon Garrett, they called me up. And, and they said, we're going to lay hands on Pastor Martin. He just started just a couple, a few months ago, and we're just going to pray for God to bless and use him and, and for God to give him grace that as, he start, as, they, as they move forward in this vision that it will go forth. And so I got up there, and uh, I wasn't the first one, so I'd seen some other people um, get hands laid on, and they were still rolling around when I got up there. So when I came up, you know, and, and I'm not saying that to be funny. I really am not. I'm just saying they were, they were rolling around. But as I got up there, and all the pastors laid hands on me, Sister Michelle, what do you think I did? I went down. <laughs> but here's the thing, as I laid there, the Holy Spirit said, you know I nothing happened. <laughs> and I was laying there, and I was trying to make it real special. I was like, <laughs> and I opened my eyes, I said, okay. I got up and I thanked him and I, I, I drove away feeling so ashamed. I said, God, I just got caught up. <laughs> now, am I telling you that to suggest to you that you can't be, the, the Holy Spirit can't, on the, under the impression of the Holy Spirit, lay you down that he might minister to you? I'm not telling you that. What I am telling you, don't get caught up and do it for the show. Because it happens, it happens, it happens. There was a, there was a sister, a Jewish Christian, a Jewish Christian, she, she, she attended a service and she came in and they had a prayer line. And so she went up and she just wanted prayer. She was having a difficult time. She just wanted prayer. The person praying was insisting on that, that she needed to go down, Sister Shirley. She, he had, she, she had to go down. So he walked her all the way back to her seat trying to get her to go down. Knocked her earring out of her ear. 
When she sat down, she said, that ain't God. But he had walked her all the way back to her seat. Pushing her head back, trying to get her to go down. I'm helping you because I want to give you an understanding. When someone, that's, it's happened to me, since that time that I shared with you, it's happened again where someone was trying to make me go down. And, I, and, 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 and unless you truly feel the power of God and you feel that, that, that that's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a weight of the Spirit on you, you don't, not, don't, don't do it. Don't, don't, don't lie down. Notice what I said. Don't lie down. Let me fix it up for you. Don't lay down in a lie, okay? I've done that. I've had someone pushing on me and pressing on me. And after it got done, I thanked them. God bless you. I appreciate that. Amen. Why? Because I know they're just trying to help. They're not trying to do any harm. They're trying to help me. But the natural man does not understand the things of the spirit. God can lay you out if he chooses to. But you shouldn't, ha you shouldn't be st standing there and being lie, uh, 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 contributing to a lie if you know that there's no power of God on you. Amen? Amen. So try the spirits, test them whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. He says, just, just be, you have to be careful. First and foremost, don't be so anxious to let everybody lay hands on you. Because if, here's what Paul, Paul told, Paul says, Paul says, lay hands suddenly. He tells Timothy, he says, lay hands suddenly on no man. He says, lest you partake in some people's sin. He says, I'm not that quick to lay hands. I want to know why you're up here. Now, when I, when I, if I feel God telling me to call you up, I'm, I'm believing that, that God has already given me the grace necessary to lay hands on you. But if you just come up and say, hey, put your hand. I had somebody do this. They came up and said, uh, Pastor, lay hands on me. I said, in the name of Jesus, what kind of devil? <laughs> How are you going to grab my hand, put it on your head, and say, pray for me? So I said, uh-huh. told you how the hands here. Lord, help in the name of Jesus. We're getting an understanding today. Because if we're going to keep believing God to move, let me tell you this, the Holy Spirit is not bizarre, he's not spooky, he's not creepy, he's not weird, not strange. It is the mind of God, the will of God that he's performing. So you don't, don't expect that. Amen? Maybe, maybe you were afraid, oh man, I'm about to get me a new church, they get me to that stuff. I was over at this church one time and they was over there doing this and that. Let me share this one last thing. I feel the Holy Spirit prompted me to tell you this. Uh, there, there is a practice anymore, and I'm not suggesting, I, and, and again, let me tell you this. I fully understand this. The Bible says do not uh, blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. The only sin that you cannot be forgiven of is blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. That is being disrespectful to the Holy Spirit, or that is mocking, or that is um, um, putting a false uh, application to the Holy Spirit. Okay. I understand that, so I wouldn't do that. But there is a, a practice that, that happens that we have to just be mindful of and be cognizant of. Um, there is a practice of throwing up when you're being delivered. 
that a person is being delivered and they're throwing up. So, so you have all these buckets around. And but here's the thing. Oftentimes it's called purging. Sometimes you're purging. You're purging your spirit. Let me say this. If a person's been born again, do you, when do you think a person would have the most demons in them? Before they get saved. But when you go into these meetings, you have a whole line of believers up there being purged. The, the problem with that is this. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, you can't have bitter water and sweet water in the same place. Here's what, here's what John said about the Holy Spirit. He says, he will be as a fountain of living water flowing up out of your belly. So wait a minute. If I got the Holy Spirit in me, how can I have that many evil spirits in me? You can't have bitter water, sweet water. Because he goes on to say that because the bitter water will make the sweet water bitter. So if you were believing that pretty soon we're going to get some buckets and start to throw up, no, we won't. I don't like vomit anyway. I mean, you know, I wouldn't be able to still minister. You're throwing a hole. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The other thing is that there's no throwing up in the body. See, what's happening is so much is being done based upon an experience. And you have to be careful because of this. You have to be careful about, about, about creating doctrine on an on a, on a experience. So someone teaches throwing up because they saw someone get delivered and throw up. It very well could have been that they, were, they, did, they did have a spirit in them, but they also may have been hungover. They had something bad on their stomach. And that all of the convulsion caused them to just regurgitate but you don't build a theology on throwing up because you saw somebody throw up when they got delivered you build theology based upon the word and there is no throwing up in the scriptures amen am i helping you today i pray because listen when we start talking about the word the, the, the lord moving by his spirit oftentimes what's called familiar spirits come in and i'll share this just for a moment Familiar spirits are, th are spirits that come in that, that know that you are familiar with something. And it gives you what you're looking for. So you, it knows that, hey, you're expecting for somebody to throw up, so it'll allow for someone to throw up. And then you say, oh, here we go. It knows that you're expecting for somebody. The time you saw someone delivered, you saw them fall out, and they rolled, and they were scratching, and so now... You expect that any time God is moving on someone that they're going to be rolling and scratching. The truth of the matter is there are various different spirits and they are all, uh, there's a hierarchy of, of evil spirits as according to what Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter number six. He says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities. Prince, in the, in the name principality, a prince is, is one who's an authority over nations. Prince of palities. Powers rulers of the darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. So you have spiritual generals, evil spirit generals. They, they rule over, over uh, neighborhoods. Have you ever noticed that certain neighborhoods just seem like they, it can never come up no matter what happens, it always still to stay the same? Because there are spiritual generals that are rulers of the darkness of this world who reign over areas. 
powers of those who are more like the soldiers who go out and who, who, who kind of pest you or pester you or bother you or create irritants. Spiritual wickedness and high rulers, the darkness of the world, spiritual wickedness in high places, high ranking like captains, uh, uh, captains and high ranking officials. I, I, I'm losing some of the names. We've got some military folks here, but, but give me some of those. Give me some of those. It, it, it's a general, there's colonels, lieutenant colonels. Am I going down or up? Down. So, so come, come on, come on, Byron. Tell, say it again. Say it out loud. There's generals, colonels, lieutenant colonels, majors, captains, lieutenants, and then enlist, and then sergeants. Sergeants are enlisted. So the enemy has a whole hierarchy. And in each one of them, if, I, if I'm correct, they, 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 they reign over a larger group. Is that correct? As you go up that ladder, they have responsibility over a larger group. A battalion is, ruled by, is governed by a general. a general. Is that right? Is that correct? So a battalion, and, and how many is in a battalion? Four, there's four battalions, and how many people are in one battalion? Thousands? You have hundreds of thousands, maybe? I don't know. I know that, I, I know the, I know that there's the rankings, but I'm, what I'm trying to get you to understand is that, that as you go up this ladder, there's more authority. And so when he says principalities, they ran over nations. Powers, they're those who are more like the enlisted or the soldiers. Rulers of the darkness, those are higher ranking, like all of those in between those generals and the sergeants. And then you have the general, spiritual weakness in high places. So if we understand that, then, then you understand that if that's what's happening, we have to try the spirit, whether it's of God. Amen? to know that if this is God or not. Amen, you're better off being skeptical than you are being, been running in. They said they got some, whoo. You're better off saying, okay, God, I'm gonna sit and listen and wait. And don't be afraid, because here's, let me say this to you, because I'll give you an understanding. You don't have to be afraid. You're in a, you're in a church meeting and something starts happening you don't fully understand. You feel compelled by the spirit to leave, leave. But you don't have to be afraid and leave. Because here's what you need to always understand. Get this in your heart. Light always has authority over darkness. If you have the spirit of God in you, you have light. And any other spirit is in darkness and light has authority over darkness. So you don't have to walk in fear. I don't have any fear. I go into something, I don't understand what's happening. I'm not in there fearful. We have the spirit of light. And light has authority over darkness. Because here's what you, what you do. If you go in a dark room, you hit a light switch, what happens? Darkness has to get back. If, if, you, walk in, if you walk in a room and you come in with light, don't worry, don't worry about all the darkness in there. The light will come. Because here's what Jesus did. Jesus walked into the temple, and there was demons in there. And when he walked in, here's what they said. Jesus, what do we have with, to do with you? He said, y'all shut up. Because ultimately, light has authority over darkness. So we talk about spirits, don't get all oh, I think there's a spirit in my house. Well, then go in and cast it out. 
you go in there and get you Psalm 91, walk through the room and say, listen, I don't know what's been done in this house. I don't know who lived here. I don't know who, what was performed, what kind of rituals. I don't know what didn't happen here, but God, in the name of Jesus, sanctify this place for your child. In Jesus' name. We will live in this house in peace. There will be no contention. There will be no problem. That nothing from the past will come into the future because it is now our place. Psalm 91. He says, no evil shall come near your dwelling. God, your word says no evil shall come near this dwelling. It is our dwelling. When we leave, whatever, whatever's here can come back. But while we're here, 